Hey, come on, everybody. Good morning. Man, I am so glad you're online with us today. And man, this is our second week being fully online and fully in person at Avenue Church. So I'm so glad you're with us today. You've been texting us. You've been doing real well with that. But we are in a brand new series or collection of talks called Convince me. Convince me. I'm going to enjoy this series. I think this is going to be uh, one of the best series that we have done. But before I do, if you're brand new with us today, why don't you text me at 702-727-8280. I would be so honored if you would text me or even in the comments today say, hey, I'm brand new because we will be commenting with you. Although we're still in person and live, we have an amazing team. So A-team, man, we love you guys. Good job on all areas. And uh, man, so go ahead and text me. Also, if you want to get plugged in and you're watching us online right now and you're saying, hey, I'm moving to Vegas or hey, I am ready to serve at Avenue Church or maybe it's not Sundays, remember maybe during throughout the week. Why don't you go ahead and jump into Growth Track today. It's Growth Track step one today on this daylight savings november first day all right this is a this will be a pumpkin spice edition of growth track meeting you're gonna get involved so go ahead and go to avenuechurch.cc sign up for growth track you can either do it online or here at avenue church in person next week now here's what i love about our series convince me there's a definition for convince, and this is what it is. So buckle up, because this is going to be a fun one. It means to cause someone to believe firmly in the truth of something. In the truth of something, to satisfy. I hope you're satisfied today at Avenue Church. Come on, all right? The stakes are high on this pastor. To assure, to reassure. Maybe this means I want to know. Maybe this means this is a great reminder man 2020 was rough difficult tough but i need to be reassured of some things i need to be persuaded and this means to persuade someone to do something some of y'all are really good at convincing individuals i've seen political ads that are doing their best to convince us but let me ask you this today i have a great political ad for us today and this is going to be the first scripture in this series is jeremiah 29 11. jeremiah 29 11 says for i know the plans i have for you declares the lord plans for peace how many know we've seen this verse all over the place? Bumper stickers uh you know uh, uh, online on little social media ads but plans for peace, not for evil, to give you a future and to give you a hope. I hope today not to necessarily convince you or persuade you, but my desire throughout this entire collection of talks is to be able to lay out some information, some deep truths of God's word for the plans that God has for my life. So, Pastor, convince me. Pastor, I want you to convince me that God actually has a plan for my life. Maybe you're watching this today and you're saying, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, man, uh, uh, this is me right here. I am not convinced that God has a good plan for my life. Or maybe you're watching us today and you're saying, you know what? I don't believe that God has a good plan for my life. So I want you to say this out loud wherever you're at. Put this in the comments. But I want you to say, God has a good plan for my life. All right, go ahead, text that in right now, all right? God has a good plan for my life. But maybe you're watching this today and you're saying, Pastor, mm, man, if God really has a plan for my life, 
Why isn't my life better? You know, if God has a plan for my life, why does it look like this? Did God really plan 2020? And today I want to allow the Bible to convince you that God does have a good plan for your life. God has good things in store for your life. That God has plans to give you abundant life through Jesus Christ. So let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, God, I thank you. God, I just thank you uh, just for the uh, motivation, Father. I thank you for the unction from the Holy Spirit to do this series. That, Father, I pray that it begins to touch the hearts of many. That, Father, I pray that we, when we, we, we move from attending church online or attending church on Sundays into a real and vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ. So, God, today, convince us. Convince us through your spirit. Convince us through your word that you're living, that you're active, that you're present in our life, that you, matter of fact, you do have a plan for my life. And God, I thank you. You have a plan for the Chicago Bears to win the Super Bowl this year. In Jesus' name, everybody shout it. Come on, somebody. Yeah. All right. I'm going to ask you a question real quick. Uh, have you ever made a plan and you found them, they were ruined? All right. Like, like maybe you planned something and uh, someone else ruined them. All right. I'm not talking about circumstances like weather or anything like that, but you made plans and someone ruined your plans, all right? This, uh, this last uh, Wednesday, I was able to celebrate my 13th wedding anniversary. Woo! I want to say thank you for the comments on social media, the text messages. Thank you guys so much. Really pray for Pastor Lindsay, all right? She's got to be married to me. All right, come on, somebody. And uh, But 13 years, and this is our first year we get to take a picture with a mask, all right? And uh, we had a great day. But listen to me, a week ago from my anniversary, my wife was out of town, so I was planning it, all right? All right, your boy, all right? Men, men of God watching this thing, all right? Plan, all right? For, I know the plans that I have, and the fact that I plan means your boy, come on, somebody, ah, But I had a plan for my anniversary, all right? I planned uh, a place to go, planned some things to do. I made a plan. Well, when she came back from her trip, someone had actually asked her, hey, uh, Pastor Lindsay, what's your plan on Wednesday the day of our anniversary, right, the day of, what's your plan on that Wednesday? And I was going, well, she doesn't ruin the plan because it's a surprise, all right? She doesn't know this. And my wife goes, nothing. I was like, what? Like, I have a plan. You're trying to ruin my plans. Listen to me. I had a plan, and Pastor Lindsay almost ruined those plans. Listen to me. Sometimes we ruin the plans that God has for our lives. Sometimes we ruin the plans for saying, I have a better way. I have a better thing to do. You know what? I, I want to be in control. Sometimes we ruin God's plans by our feelings. I'm calling you out today, all right? Sometimes we say, I feel like doing this instead of acting in according to God's word. But here's the context in Jeremiah 29, 11. Because sometimes you'll talk to a Christian or a theologian. They'll say, you got to read the context of the book of Jeremiah. It is a terrible book, all right? We just got through this in my Bible reading plan, all right? I mean, it is nothing but doom and gloom. It was a terrible time for the children of Israel. But I want you to understand this. God instructed the children of Israel to stay where they're at. God said, if you go to the city of Babylon, all right, where you can get your needs met, where there's, you know, it's flowing, you know, with, with all the resources that you need. But if you go there, I'm going to punish you. And what happens in the book of Jeremiah is the children of Israel, they rebelled against God, 
and they went where they weren't supposed to go. See, God had a plan for them, but they said, God, your plan's not good enough. It's not happening quick enough. It's not here when I, when I need it to be here. I'm uncomfortable. I'm suffering. So they went to the city of Babylon. And so God speaks to Jeremiah, and all of a sudden Jeremiah has the words from the Lord, and here's what God says to the children of Israel. They're thinking he's mad, he's upset, they're going to punish him, and this is what God says. God says, I am so ticked off. No, this is what God says, for the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. They're like, oh man, what kind of plans? Like, are you going to whoop me? Yeah, like, what kind of plans? Are you going to wipe me up? And God says, I have plans for peace and not for evil. I have plans to give you a future and a hope. This blew them away because like many of us, we think that when we sin against God, when we rebel against God, that he's got to punish us. That we tend to ruin the plan, that we tend to ruin the plans that God has for our lives by doing what we want to do because of our concept of God. And I want you to write this down. Your concept of God completely controls your relationship with God. I'm preaching up here on Facebook, on YouTube today, because this is what I used to do. Our concept of God completely controls your relationship with God. You know what? We all read the same Bible. We all see the same God, but I'm here to show you guys it is not how you read it, but it's how you receive it. Woo! Come on, that's tweet worthy right there, because we can read the same thing, but we receive it differently. And you, if you think God is out to get you or he's mad at you, then your relationship with God is going to be unhealthy. If you think God is angry with you and he wants to punish you, then your relationship will be out of fear and out of punishment. If you think God is punishing you every single time something goes wrong in your life, every single time you swear, screw up, go to that person's house, hang out with that dude, do that, that evil act, then it's not a relationship. It's an abusive relationship. And somebody needs to hear this today, how much God loves us today. But I want you to know that 2020 is not God's punishment over your life. For I know the plans that I have for you. Therefore, 2020 is not God's punishment over your life. 2020 is God's covenant. I've been really thinking hard about this, but my Americanized cultural perspective will never determine my happiness. What takes place in the year 2020, it doesn't dictate my happiness or my joy. But if you realize that God is good and that he loves you, then your relationship with God is going to move into trust. Your relationship with God is going to move into peace, into love. I want everyone to say this today. I believe that God has a good plan for my life. And because he has a good plan, I trust God. You don't want you to imagine a relationship, whether you're dating somebody or a marriage, that if you're so worried that the moment you make a mistake, they leave you, that's messed up. But I'm here to tell you, God will never leave you nor forsake you. God is through it all. Because Jeremiah 29, 11 it says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Now, I need to break this down for us today. All right? I want to convince you of a few things today. 
All right, we're getting theologian. All right, if you're if you're new to Avenue Church, we do relationship goals. We laugh. We have fun. We do fun series. We do all this. But I feel convinced to be able to convince you today because here's what plans mean. Plans in the original word, and this blew my mind. Plans means thoughts. Thoughts. Now I can relate to this because. I don't plan nothing, all right? That's my, I don't know what Enneagram I'm supposed to be. I'm an extrovert. I don't plan nothing, but I'm always thinking of things to do, all right? Like, I don't plan to fold the laundry at my house, but I think about folding the laundry at my house. Like, every time I pass by, someone needs to fold that. I don't know who, but someone needs to fold the laundry. Listen to me, Avenue. God is always thinking of you. God is always thinking of you. And here's the thing. Sometimes we don't think the best of God, but we also don't think the best of ourselves. And God says this in Isaiah 55. God says, for my thoughts, they're not your thoughts. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. And my thoughts are not your ways thoughts. This brings me great joy because God sees and thinks differently than I do. God can see the ins and the outs. God is in the future. He's in the present. He was with us in the past. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9, it says, the heart of a man plans his way. And church, this is where we get in trouble. This is where we say, all right, this is what I'm going to do. All right, hashtag hustle. Hashtag I got a plan. Hashtag millionaire. Hashtag it's going to be great for my life. No one else can bring me hope or joy except me. And that's where we get in trouble. But the Lord establishes his steps. Listen to me. I want to encourage you because God wants to be hand in hand with you. That you may have a plan, but God's got the directions. God has the way to go. Listen to me, I'm a father, and I could relate more to this as a dad than, than I could before I was a, a father. Because I have a son, and he's eight years old. And guys, listen to me. I have good thoughts about my son. I pray blessings over my son's life. I pray that he's going to change the world for God's praise and God's glory. Whether he's going to be a preacher, or he's going to be a football player on the Chicago Bears or the Packers, or whoever team. Levi is going to make an impact in this world some way, somehow. He's going to make an impact. But listen to me. Levi knows that. I tell him that all the time. But can you imagine if Levi didn't focus on that, but he only focused on the times I disciplined him? The times maybe I put him in timeout, the times I sat him down and said, son, what you did was wrong, I love you, but son, you cannot do that. Can you imagine the outcome of my son's life if he only focused on the discipline versus the blessings? And Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4, it says this, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. God wants to, what, what's God's plan for my life? Man, he wants to bless you in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places even as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world you see when my before my son was born my wife said you know i'm pregnant i never said you know what uh if he if he if he acts right i might bless him if he acts right i might give a good plan for him it just depends on how he is you know i don't know if you ever played dodgeball all right i'm an 80s baby and uh, we used to have dodgeball before it was like outlawed or something like that and i played dodgeball elementary school i remember this in fourth or fifth grade and i'd be in the gym class and uh back then 
All right, don't judge your pastor, all right? Back then, I was the largest kid in my gym class, all right? Anytime I played football, I had to play with a grade or two uh, uh, older than me because I was a big dude. I, I remember I couldn't do a pull-up bar. I'd be just hanging there like, whoa, nothing, all right? I was the biggest kid. And we always did the uh, picking, right? We had two coaches, two captains, and they would pick kids one at a time. And church, I'm here to tell you, I know you're shocked by my athletic ability. I look amazing. Come on, somebody, look what the Lord has done. But I always got picked last. And I hated it. I always wanted to leave gym, go to the bathroom, go hide in the locker room. I hated it. But listen to me, Avenue. If life was a dodgeball game, God would have picked you before the game. God picked you. He chose you. He never picks you last. He picked us first because he knew us. The Bible says before God formed us in our mother's womb, he knew you and he made plans for you. Say this with me. God has a good plan for my life. Now, there's two things I've noticed throughout Scripture. There's so many uh, um, you know, blessings and promises that God has, but there's two things I want to pick out today that God has two plans for my life. This is found in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. It says this. It says, God who saved us and he called us to a holy calling. Not because of our works, not because of what I'm doing, all right, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. There's two things God wants us to do. He wants to save us, and he wants to call us. He wants to save us, and he wants to call us. I love this because to save means to redeem. When God saves us, not, he doesn't make bad people and make us good. And you're a good little Christian, all right? But when God saves us, God pulls us out of darkness and into the light. Have you ever noticed, all right, when you turn the lights on, you see everything? All right, that's why they look so good in a dark bar. Come on, somebody, I'll preach it today, all right? But when you go into the light, you see everything. And when God pulls you out of darkness into the light, then you begin to know who you are so that you can know God, so you can find freedom. To redeem means to place back in its original intent. So God chose you before. He placed you on this earth for a purpose, and he put you on this earth and said, this is what I created them to do. So number one, to save means to redeem, but to call means to give purpose. Yeah, I'm a little angry because purpose, I feel like, has been hijacked by culture. I got to find what I'm, what I'm, what, what, you know, the, you know, the positive vibes are telling me. No, this is God's word. God has created us on purpose and for a purpose. God says, I know exactly what I've called you to do. And when we know God and we find freedom, we discover our purpose. When we discover our purpose, we're complete. See, purpose tells us what we're living I love Ephesians chapter 1. This is the message version, all right? We're paraphrasing, okay? This is the message version. I love this. It says, long before we first heard of Christ and we got our hopes up, he had his eye on us. God's going, man, I'm watching you. Man, I have a design on that person's life for an amazing life, for glorious living, not of evil, not of destruction, not of despair, but he said, but part of the overall purpose, he is working out 
in everything and everyone. God is always there. In your darkest moment, God is going, man, come on, get up, take your mat, and let's walk. Lazarus, come forth. If you were here next week, God is working it out. He's moving chess pieces around in heaven. God doesn't care what you've done. God cares who you are in Christ Jesus. It is in Christ that you, once you have heard the truth and you believed it, you found yourselves home free. You say, wow, the eyes of my heart are now enlightened. The eyes of my heart are now open. I know who I am in Christ Jesus. I'm signed, I am sealed, and I am delivered by the Holy Spirit. And it says this, this signet, this sign from God is the first installment of what's coming, a reminder that we're going to get everything that God has planned for us, a praising and glorious life. In the year 2020, in the year that all that's taken place, we will get everything that God's planned for us, a praising and glorious life. So you might be saying, okay, Pastor, so what does God have planned for my life? God's got two things planned for our life. God says for the plans I have for you, plans for peace and plans for hope. Plans for peace and plans for hope. That word peace means shalom. And shalom means completeness, total well-being. Shalom means health and prosperity. This isn't the name it, claim it, but God's saying, I want you to be successful. See, in Christ, we are incomplete. In Christ, we are totally well. We are complete again. We are totally well again. We have health in Jesus' name. And we will have prosperity. We will be prosperous. Proverbs 29.11. I want you to catch this this morning. All right, it says, May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. The holiday season is coming up. And y'all already decorating for Christmas. All right, no judgment there. Pray for me. Pray for your pastor. But I have noticed that over the years, in, in, in the context of gift giving and receiving, there's two types of people, all right? First type of people are those that receive gifts well. I mean, well. You're like, thank you very much. Come on. Thank you, Jesus, all right? But there's also those who have a hard time accepting gifts, especially if it costs a lot. Ooh, this is too expensive. No, 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 I can't take this. Oh, what did I? I didn't give you a gift. I didn't. Oh, let me give that back. Who am I talking to today, all right? You can call them out. I'm fine with that. But listen to me. Peace is always displayed in the Bible as a gift, as a gift to God's people. But I want to ask you today, do you receive the gift? See, we cannot accept God's plan for our lives and continue to live the lives the way we want to live them, that I am not convinced that I am worthy of God's peace for my life. I am not worthy of God's very best for my life. Isaiah chapter 53 I love this. It says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. This is Isaiah, and he is foretelling, he is prophesying, prophesying about what actually came, and that was Jesus dying on the cross. And Jesus was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, that brought us peace, and with his wounds, we are healed. 
Jesus died. He was chastised for our holiness, for our completeness. He was chastised for our prosperity, for our success. He was chastised, and by his wounds, we are healed. Listen to me. Jesus died so we can live. Jesus died so we can live. And maybe you're watching today and you're saying, God, I, I want peace. Man, God, I, I, need, I need to be whole and complete. You know, last year we went to Albuquerque to spend some time with our friends for Thanksgiving. And on the way there, my son's like, I really uh, I need to earn money so I can buy an Xbox. I'm going to buy an Xbox. And we're like, but it's okay. And so when we get to Albuquerque, my wife and I, Pastor Lindsay, we were able to sneak out of our friend's house, leave Levi there playing with his friends. And we bought an Xbox. What we did, though, is we put it in the back seat, covered it up. And we said, our boy gets to open this gift on Christmas. Well, Levi wasn't asking for an Xbox for Christmas. Levi was asking for money so he can buy an Xbox for Christmas. Well, it was time to leave. That's going to preach in just a second, right? It was time to leave. And he hops in the car, has no idea what he wants to earn is in the back seat behind him. And so we're driving for six hours, and Levi goes, man, I hope I can earn enough money for an Xbox. I hope I can buy myself an Xbox. I hope I can do what I need to do in order to get what I want. How many know that is not peace? How many know that is not salvation? It is a gift from God. What he was asking for was with him the entire time. But listen to me, there's also never another gift that many of us have a hard time accepting, and that's salvation. That's redemption. See, Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says, But God shows us his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Did you know what? It wasn't Christmas yet, all right? But when it was Christmas time, we gave him the gift because we bought it beforehand. We bought it to our month and a half before Christmas. But while we were still bad, while we were still in darkness, while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus gave us his best. And I wrote this down this week. For if we were sinners, God gave us his best. But now that we're God's children, will he not give us all that we need? All that we need. You might be saying, Pastor, convince me that God has a plan for my life. Well, I am convinced this is the only way to go. This is the only way to get through 2020, 2021, 2022, is to believe, to have hope in God's plan for my life. Because here's what hope means. Hope is an expectation or a belief in the fulfillment something desired. I am desiring for God to heal us, to heal our land. I don't put my hope in this election. I don't put this hope in our culture. I don't put hope in nothing else but Jesus Christ, the solid rock I 
understand. I am here to share with you guys today that Romans 8, 28, 29, because I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky, above or earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God who is in Jesus Christ, whatever comes my way, I have expectation that God has a plan for my life. God has saved me. God has called me. And whatever comes my way, I'm going to be okay. And this is how I want to wrap up today. Now that we know what Jeremiah 29 is all about. Now that we know that God has a plan. Now we know that it brings more power to the thought that God in the rebellion, was going to punish the children of Israel because they went to Babylon. God was going to punish the children of Israel because they said, I'm going to do things my way. God was going to punish the children of Israel because they said, God, I, I got my own plans. God, I got my own way. And you know what happened? They realized what they did was a mistake. And they thought the worst of Jesus. They thought the worst of God. You know what God says for them? God says, man, I still got plans for you. You screwed up. You messed up. Man, I've heard this many times. God says, Jeremy, you made a big mistake. Jeremy, you fell short. Jeremy, you tried to do things your way. But I still got a plan for your life. I still got a plan for your life. Declares the Lord plans for peace. Plans to be complete. I have plans to save you, to redeem you. I have plans to call you. I have purpose in our life. You didn't destroy the purpose in your life. You just detoured it. God says, let's take a left here. Let's get back on track. I don't have plans for evil, but I have plans to give you a future and a hope. And I want you to know, God loves you so much. But we could ruin those plans. By saying, I don't accept that plan. I'm going to do things my own way. But I am convinced that God loves me. And God has a plan for my life. And if you're watching this today, and you're saying, Pastor, that's me. Man, I had to like really focus on, on the online stream today because I thought you are talking about me. And maybe you're watching this today. And you're saying, man, I thought I was too far gone. Man, I thought the moment I turn on this YouTube channel or watch this Facebook uh, channel that my, my house would burn down, that maybe you thought today that you were too far gone for God to save you, for God to give you peace again, for God to give you hope again. Maybe you feel like you have no expectation for the future. Maybe you feel like you have no hope or purpose in your life. And God says, listen, it's a free gift. All you got to do is accept God's gift for your life. Let me pray with you today. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you. Thank you for every online viewer that's here today. Father, I'm so grateful that they call Avenue Church their home. God, I'm so grateful for those that are watching for the very first time. God, I pray they're blessed, that they're reassured and reminded, that they're convinced that, God, you love them. So, Holy Spirit, I ask you, through your grace, through your compassion, 
through your mercy, begin to touch every viewer on the screens today. God, give us peace that surpasses all understanding. God, give us hope again, an expectation that goes beyond media or social media or what we see and read. But God, I pray that we receive what we read in God's word. And maybe you're watching us today and you're saying, Pastor, I'm ready to take a step. Because you know what else hope means in the original context? It means a rope. Maybe you feel like you're drowning and you're, you're, I mean, you're, you're stuck and you're drowning. You're about to die. Hope is a rope. And imagine, I want you to imagine God throwing a rope out and you grab a hold of that rope and you're able to get yourself to safety. God's saying, hey, all you got to do is reach out and grab a hold. And if that's you today, I'd be so honored to pray a prayer with you. So bow your heads, close your eyes. I want every single person, whether you're watching at home, whether you're vacuuming, whatever you're doing, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, thank you. Thank you for paying for what I did. Say, Jesus, today be Lord of my life. Say, I repent of my sins. And so the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. Say, I now know who I am. I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. Come on, everybody. Give a clap. Someone gave their life to Jesus today. If that was you, I want you to text me at 702-727-8280. I'm so proud of you. Also, thank you for joining us online today. We are still in person at Avenue Church. So go ahead, RSVP for next week if you're able to. Or come back and see me right here on our avenuechurch.cc online church. Guys, I love you. Have a great weekend.